This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita Mexico is the closest thing to Planet Risa. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 115 of Priority One, recorded live on Thursday, February 14th, 2013, via trekradio.net and published every Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I am James, and it's good to be back. I'm Tony. And I'm Elijah, and boy, is it good that James is back. Said through gritted teeth. I missed you, Sugar. Happy Valentine's. Oh, happy Valentine's. Of all days to come back, of course it would be Valentine's. My long-lost soulmate. We did miss you. We did miss you. We did miss you. And uh, it's good to have you back. And the audience missed you. Everybody's cheering in the chat room. So welcome back to the show, buddy. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. So what do we have this week, Elijah? Well, this week we trek out some Star Wars-esque sci-fi related real-life stuff, so be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll review all the happenings this week in Star Trek Online News, and as always, towards the end of the show, we'll open hailing frequencies and review your incoming transmissions. Captains, be sure to listen in on our live recording on trekradio.net every Thursday at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. You can actually chat live with us in-game by typing forward slash channel underscore join trekradio.net, or if you're at work or mobile, you can visit trekradio.net and jump on their IRC chat client which can be found under the community link. Oh, and speaking of participating with the team of Priority One, the start of 2013 has been great, and already we are expanding. Oh, gosh, we're expanding. We're looking for two audio editors to help with the weekly production of our many Priority One podcasts. Now, that's right. I said many. We got more than one. If you're interested, please send us a sample of your audio productions, anything you've done, so that we can check it out and see if you're doing the kind of work that we need. And you can send those to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. That's incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Remember, we are a labor of love at this point, so we can't pay you. But 2013 has started off with some amazing interviews. These guys have done a great job while I've been away. I've been listening, and I'm supremely happy. We've had some fantastic projects, and time to get on with the action. Tony, take it away. Well, thank you, James. You can also be a part of the team by submitting your freelance writings to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. All submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1,000 Zen. This includes comments on our websites and emailed segment topics, so send your stuff in, guys. Speaking of content that's been submitted, the team at Priority One Podcast has generated some amazing content for you to view. Let's recap a little bit of what you can find this week at PriorityOnePodcast.com. In Trek It Out Episode 10, we interview Pat Arthur, agent to the sci-fi stars. That's right, if ever thought of becoming an agent and getting involved with working with talent, Be sure to listen to this amazing interview when she describes how she got involved in the industry and her experiences with some of our favorite stars. In Spirit of Trek, Tricks of Light, Sori takes us on a journey of light. 
and talks to us and teaches us about the amazing power behind something we take advantage of so easily. And in Trek It Out episode 11, Adrienne sits down with Vic Mignogna, the voice talent for a number of amazing anime series, as well as the actor who plays Captain Kirk in the fan-made web series titled Star Trek Continues. So be sure to check that out if you've ever been interested in getting involved in voiceover work. He offers amazing information regarding that and his experience playing Captain Kirk. To catch all this content, be sure to visit www.priorityonepodcast.com for unlimited access. Let's get ready to Trek It Out. I don't know. Then let's Trek It Out. Well, this week in our Trek It Out segment, uh, we'll bring you a little Star Wars strategery. As we all know, the greatest sci-fi villain is... Much better than, say, a certain half-man, half-machine robot wizard who prances around in black helmets and capes and carries a glowing sword. Well, now we have proof. Wired.com's military news column Danger Room has published a thorough analysis of the military debacle that was the Battle of Hoth. That's right, it wasn't all Admiral Ozzel's fault for coming out of hyperspace too close to the system. That little article got over 350 comments, so they followed it up with a roundtable discussion with professors, military journalists, and professional military officers who came up with various counterarguments and alternatives to the theory we proposed there. So everyone, you should go check out why Darth Vader might have had the forces as ally, but not a real firm grasp of military history. We'll have the links in our show notes. Go check them out. All right, Captains, have something you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And you'll be submitted into our random drawing for 1,000 zen. Zen, zen, zen. Let's check out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. And for Stone News, we're going to start off with uh, a little bit of Foundry exposure on Trek.com. So that was nice to see. A nice article highlighting five-player authored missions. Congrats to Lewis, Rogue Enterprise, Hippie John, Darwin Kiltor, and our very own Ceridium for their mentions on StarTrek.com website. Congrats, guys. Speaking of the Foundry, we have a whole bunch of patch notes here that we're going to kind of just pinch up a little bit. Yeah, well, there's big news on the Foundry stuff. Your Foundry daily mission has uh, just been replaced. They're now going to directly reward playing the Foundry missions. You don't have to grab the wrapper anymore. So now all Foundry missions are going to automatically reward a scaling amount of dilithium and skill points or expertise. Apparently they've got a new algorithm. Dilithium is going to be rewarded based on the average playtime of the mission, so the longer the average playtime is, the more dilithium you get. All spotlight missions, the ones that have been spotlighted by Brandon and put in the special menu, they're going to have a reward, a special reward, that every 24 hours you can get 1,440 dilithium for playing through it and a scaling amount of energy credits based on your player's level. So they've kind of completely revamped the reward structure on this and changed it so you don't have to get the wrapper anymore. So uh, it's in the game. I haven't had a chance to test it yet. There are some bugs that have been reported, some known issues. Brandon says there's a patch on the way, but a few of the problems they've spotted are Foundry Spotlight Mission cooldown doesn't currently display in the UI, 
So that spotlight, that mission that you can get for the large dilithium award, there's a cooldown. It's daily, but there's no clock. You have to keep track of that by yourself for a little. Foundry missions that do not qualify for the rewards due to either number of plays or insufficient playing time, that still says it doesn't qualify for the officer daily. That was the old wrapper. That's no more, but they'll fix that. That's a text error. Uh, And at this time, this is kind of a bad one. Only the current Foundry Spotlight mission grants bonus EC and dilithium. So right now, only the most recent one. going to patch it so that all the Spotlight missions get those rewards and do the mission once a day. But right now, it's just the most recent Spotlight mission. Like I said, patches on the way, but they haven't given us an ETA on that. So check back on the forums to see when those bugs get squashed. Yeah, not everybody's happy about those changes, too, from what I've seen on Twitter. I know Terry Lynn's uh, a bit upset. She feels like she's being penalized for not wanting to do all her fighting to get her rewards and stuff. Not everyone wants to fight in the game. Some people want to explore. Some people want to build foundry missions, you know, and they want different ways to earn their rewards other than just having to fight all the time. So there's been a lot of talk about that on the Twitter feed. I think a lot of people have been focusing kind of on the fleet marks. I mean, I think if it's a long story mission, that playtime will be high enough that you'll get a decent dilithium word, but... The, taking the fleet marks away, I'm a sad panda. I like the fleet marks. I like being able to do that content and be able to contribute to my fleet with that. Yeah, well, and that's what she was saying in some of her tweets. There's so many good foundry missions where they're, you know, uh, learning missions or exploration missions or first contact missions. So many missions that basically are non-combat missions that hold maybe more of the Star Trek lore from the non-combat stuff. And people really enjoyed being able to earn their fleet marks that way. Yeah, I, I mean, from a gameplay mechanic statement, or, you know, I see their point. I mean, they want the fleet marks to be done for fleet activities. I get that. But, I mean, this is still a Star Trek game, and if you can't earn fleet cooperative materials by doing Star Trek-type things, it doesn't feel right. I mean, I agree with the fact that we need more options in terms of gathering fleet marks, but were people exploiting this in the foundry because i've been hearing a lot of concerns and complaints about the foundry being used as an exploit tool you know being able to get and gather whatever you want with a custom foundry mission sure so although yeah yeah, we're missing out on fleet marks maybe and hopefully what we're going to see in the coming months with march under the raptor's wings is that we're going to see a huge content push into fleet content you know what i'm seeing is is we've got this whole embassy thing going right we're all building the embassy so we have this great chance to work within our diplomacy ranks again you know not just to earn some titles that great we're ambassadors now and then there's nothing to do after that but we will actually have an embassy we need to find some type of game mechanic to put those embassies to work once they're built like a whole part of the game that goes into diplomacy and gameplay that revolves around diplomacy and embassy type exercises where fleet marks and things like that can be earned for those people who don't want to go out and blow up the Borg every five minutes. I think that's a great Great. thing. You know, we have an ambassador who is just dying. Our fleet ambassador is just dying for something real to do as an ambassador. He's so excited about the embassy, but he's like, well, once it's built, what do I do with it? Well, that's a good question. Cryptic, what are we going to do with these embassies? Same applies to the fleet bases, though. What are we going to do? Are we going to get territory control sooner or later? You know, are we going to be able to fight other fleets sooner or later? It's nice to have the ability of going to my fleet starbase and having access to the bank and, you know, of course, obviously fleet ships. Special weapons ships, and fleet special ships. weapons. Right. Yeah, that's all nice. That's all nice. But it's also an ownership thing. It gives right, us a centralized right. place and, and a sense of ownership in something that we built, which you get with the embassy, too. But the thing is, once that's done, it's over. You know what I'm saying? You know, I always go back to City of Heroes because supergroup bases 
supergroup bases were great in City of Heroes, you know? And like we were talking with Al, City of Heroes was a child of Cryptic Studios. So yes, of course, their engine has changed, but I wonder why they didn't take it into that direction. And that's a question I kind of regret not asking Al Rivera when he was on on Sunday, was why not take it in the direction of what City of Heroes was, where... Yeah, it would require a significant amount of resources to build a very good supergroup base. But like we just said, what's going to happen at Tier 5? That's you know? the problem. And, you know, now's a good time to ask this question. You know, I'm sure they've got a whiteboard full of stuff, probably. But at some point, those fleet marks are going to be completely useless to a significant chunk of dedicated players. You'll have no reason to earn them, and you'll have nowhere to spend them. So they'll be just another dead currency like we've seen before, like back in the very early days of the game when you got these badges and emblems that were only good when you were Tier 3 and Tier 4. Then they just sat in your bank account. Well, just end up rolling a conversion like everything else. Here's the danger, too, is that you know a fleet will reach Tier 5. That 1% of the player base that is the most vocal, right? Because you know people typically say that you know it's, it's really only 1% of your audience that is the most vocal. They're going to hit the forums and they're going to say, we're done. What, 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 what now? What do we do? I can't fight you know, another well, super group. It's or, end game. <laughs> it's always end game, you know? Right, right. Well, and that's, so that's why I, they're I, continually adding this March of the Raptor and, and Iconians and Tholians. And, you know, they'll, they'll always be adding something for us to do. But it's those particular things that the station marks, you know, and they're saying there's going to be more things we can earn possibly in the future. Like, you can also go out and build a mine to get resources and all these different things that we're, they're yeah, going to let, allow holdings. us to stand upon. Yeah. yeah, more holdings. And that's good. And that's fun. And I, I think that that's all great. But I just don't want us to have this great big system built and we have all these holdings. And then in the end, that's all they are. Is they're just holding. Great, we've earned them all, but they don't function. But it's it's kind of I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. But anyway, let's let's move on. I don't want to start a whole other discussion. Also in patch news, we had a long-awaited request. The winter 2012 fleet project can now be canceled. Uh, only the fleet leader can do this. He can't delegate that power out to any of his other officers. And any items that have been donated toward the completion of the project will be lost. But any fleet credits you earn from those donations will be kept. So you're going to lose out on all the uh, Andorian sleigh bells or whatever they were, but you're going to get to keep those fleet credits. And most importantly, you're going to clear out that project queue on your Starbase project window. Well, that's a good sign. This is a good sign that they're able to have that mechanic going where you can cancel the fleet project and they can control what you lose and what you don't. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, mean, I, I like that. That's, that means the mechanics are in place behind the scenes, which is good which means maybe we could see this expanded to all the projects. Because I know there's yeah, sometimes I we click on something and we wish we hadn't clicked on it. Like the Tribbles? Oh my god, like I want those <laughs> things off my Starbase. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to light them on fire. Let's face it, though. It's not just the Tribbles, though. It's these more and more obsolete yeah. fleet projects. That'd be nice if you know some, we start it. But, hey, you know, maybe we can invest something different. But... If you lose all your resources, that's not really a smart thing to do. So, to all the fleet animals out there, think before you select your mission. Next up, we've got some more updates to Tricobalt Mines and Tricobalt Torpedoes. We covered this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but they've gone and nerfed them again. They've reduced the cooldown of both of the weapons, the global cooldowns and the shared cooldowns, and just the cooldown for the weapons themselves, but they've cut the damage in half. Porticus says that keeps wow. the damage per second. Yeah, no, it's, so there's going to be some mad people out there, but it, apparently that, that statistically keeps the damage per second constant. You can only fire the weapon twice as often, but it only does half the damage. I guess that balances out, though, no? 
Well, mathematically, yeah. It was the big mamma jamma. Like, that was the A-bomb when yeah. you dropped that thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was slow, I mean, actually... it was big, yeah. but man, if it hit you, it did some freaking damage. Cutting that down and saying, no, we'll just throw a couple cru cruise missiles instead. <laughs> yeah. It's just not I mean, the same. It's just... It's it's a plasma torpedo with different procs now. I mean that's really what it is. Mm, so I I found it to be an inelegant solution. Perhaps with feedback from the community, Agreed. constructive feedback, constructive feedback from the community. Perhaps we can have that adjusted a little different. And finally, they buffed the whole strength of an entire laundry list of uh, fleet ships and retrofits. So go hit the patch notes for February 14th and see if your favorite ship got a little boost. And that's it for the patch notes. This just in to the Priority One newsroom from our chat room members that are interacting with us live on trekradio.net on Thursday night. Dan Stahl posted a very lengthy explanation regarding the changes to the Foundry daily missions. Very, very lengthy post explaining why, for instance, they removed fleet marks, addressing the concern of exploiters taking advantage of the system. What are we getting out of this, guys? What are we getting from him here? Well, I, a lot of it was kind of what we were talking about before. I mean, he makes the point in the post that kind of goes to the history of how the Foundry rewards came around. He noted that when Season 7 hit with all the new content, the fleet marks were being earned collectively at a lower rate. You know, people, the Star Trek Online community as a whole wasn't doing as much fleet content as other new stuff with the Romulan reputation system and the Omega reputation system. So there's an overall drop. And so they said, well, we didn't mind so much leaving that bonus in there, those bonus fleet marks for doing non-fleet oriented missions. But now people are starting to top off on the reputation systems. More fleet marks are being earned and they felt like now's a good time to discontinue that. The way it reads to me is this is exactly what we were talking about. It's that, that from a gameplay system, you get fleet marks for doing fleet missions. And they want to add more fleet-type missions or make other missions that kind of seem fleety. They might consider those for fleet mark rewards, but they're pulling the plug, and it seems like they're going to stick on their ground on this one. It really, from a gameplay design, it makes sense to them. I can't say I'm pleased with it. I think it would have been nicer for them to wait to take that away when they had those alternatives in place. They identify right, right, because missions. I was just going to yeah. ask, how can players earn fleet marks? Okay, so you have the PvE events that have a countdown and have a cooldown. So you play maybe an hour's worth of gaming, and then you have to wait. Right. You got the, you've got the no-win scenario, you've got your uh, fleet incursion, your colony invasion, you got star-based defense, your fleet alert. I think there's only about six. I can do all of them and still end up waiting on a timer. It's not an open yeah. loop where you can go through all of them, and by the time you're at the end of the last one, you can jump back to the first one again. It's not an open loop. Same with the STFs. I can right, do exactly. uh, all four of the space ones, and I'm waiting on the last one to come back around. Now, sometimes it may only be like, you know, five, six, twelve minutes, depending on how fast I did those other STFs, but still, it's, right. it's not Yo, as hold on, though. On a, on a side note, though, they upped those timers, right? They went from 20 minutes to like an hour now? When did they do that change? It was an hour if it was a penalty, but it was always 20 minutes. Oh, penalty. I don't know, but I could have sworn that STF cooldowns were less than an hour, that we would be able to cycle through it. This sort of gets to the point of it, though. I mean, that is one type of gameplay, right? You know, if you're on a good team right. and you've got a good group of people, you can cycle through those STFs and have a short wait. Some people would yeah. like to do foundry missions like the diplomacy stuff and the story missions and stuff, and they'd like to be able to contribute to their fleet by playing the kinds of content that they like to play. 
I thought the SFs were set to a half hour. Once you were done, half hour, you know, and then you were able to cycle through them. When you were done with the series, you were able to loop through them. I could have sworn that's what, like, we had done that. Well, anyway, we digress, though. The, the digress. key thing, though, is here is how fleets can earn fleet marks. So when we were off the air, I had mentioned to Tony, well, why not institute a mechanic where if you're teamed up with a fleet mate, that a specific mission, hey, Heck, maybe even all missions, you get a certain amount of fleet marks. And, and uh, Tony brought up that Hav uh, from Podcast UGC, Hav Raha, also mentioned something like that. So Hav, great minds think alike. That's a great mechanic. Why not? I don't see why that would be a terrible exploit. Even if it was in some way, shape, or form exploitable, how can it be? If you're teamed up with a fleet mate and you're running certain missions, whether it be STFs, whether it be fleet marks, maybe extended to STFs for co-oping with fellow fleet mates. Maybe not having to go back to the entire story arc, but just STFs where you earn already Omega marks, add a little bonus if you're joining with your fleet. It should extend into STFs so that, for instance, right now you only have under 10 ways of getting fleet marks. Let's just put it that way. You have under 10 ways of getting fleet marks. If you put this criteria in, right, where if you are with a fleet mate, do the STFs. And in STFs, not only do you get an Omega marks, but you get a little bonus fleet marks too. And then boom, that's how you get it because you're, you're co-oping with your fleet. Mm. And maybe scale it though. So that let's say, for instance, if you're with one or two of your fleet mates, you get X amount of fleet marks. But if you, your whole team is from your fleet, then you get a, an even bigger bonus. We do that. I mean, we get our fleet group together all the time. We just did it the other day. And we hit a blast and so we killed that thing mechanic. in like 10 minutes. Yeah, that would be cool. We would be remiss if we did not mention that the DOF system is also a very good source of fleets. That's another good way That's true. to tra tra trading in your DOF points. For yeah, for Sean brought that up, yeah. But again, if that style of gameplay is not for you, if you like playing story missions, the Foundry was a good way to get some story. Right, so the story is that, you know, they've removed fleet marks from the Foundry. How do we get more fleet marks? Where do we go for that? And hopefully we've offered enough Wait constructive criticism to get some movement going. This week, Captains, uh, this weekend, actually, Monday, by the time you listen to this podcast, when you download it on your feed, because you should have us linked to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com, Adrienne will have taken thousands upon thousands of pictures from her experience at Grand Slam in Los Angeles. And uh, although she took the night off for the entire podcast, she decided to join us to talk about her prep for Grand Slam. Adrienne. So yeah, I'm doing tons of prep work. Like I got my Ferengi teeth in, I got the business cards ready to go and like homemade ones for my Ferengi. So it's gonna be cool. And I got priority one ones on me and I'm gonna be running everywhere and Twittering and Facebooking and I'm gonna take some live video and wherever I can broadcast, I will do that. And it'll be in character and out of character and I got a press pass. So that will allow me to get a lot more than the average attendee. So I'm super excited. I can't wait. And hopefully I can get in and see some of the reunion that was sold out. Because that event sounds awesome. Yeah. Grand Slam does run from February 15th through the 17th in Los Angeles. Oh, and I'll also be at the Vegas one too as the Ferengi character. Oh, I'm so. at Vegas. I already got my tickets. I will be at Vegas. And I'll also be at the uh, New Jersey convention this coming April. So, and to wrap up, Season 7, Depth Blog number 35, Yamaguchi and Kamaj Fleet Ships are now out. It comes with a new skin, a slightly different, but still screen cannon in the case of the Yamaguchi model. An extra science console, Lieutenant Universal Boff, Lieutenant Engineering, and 10% hull and shield boost. It'll set you back about fleet modules, which is 2,000 Zen, anywhere from 5 
0.4 to 25 million EC on the exchange at about 182,000 dilithium at current exchange rates. So there was a little hubbub on this, wasn't there? There was some screaming about its money grab, they're underpowered, but you can get Zen with dilithium. So what was the hub here? Well, the first thing was that there was a typo in the original post. For starters, I believe it was originally priced at five fleet modules. And I think some of the stats had changed, right, Tony? Is that was that what it was? The stats were wrong, too? I think the fleet modules were the thing that was getting most people because they were charging the same price as the ships that had consoles. And, of course, right. Ambassador doesn't have a console. So I think that was the biggest deal. But then it was, came out that it was a typo, and it should have been four fleet modules, which now what it's at. So that puts it in line with the other fleet ships. Starbase featured project number 13 came out transparent floor really cool removes that little cover from that big circle in the middle of your starbase unless you see the construction and shuttles and stuff going on down below uh, the grand platform you get for the kdf which is uh, this cool little archway made up of batless and it's got the uh, klingon symbol in the middle and uh, of course the anniversary event has been extended great news everybody this now goes through monday at least through monday morning so get on it if you don't have your ships yet and it looks like they squashed the bug that was preventing some players from completing the mission and getting the reward so you can head on over to earth space dock or the first city and grab the mission for free tier three and tier five ships grab them up grab them up it's your last chance well that wraps up this week in Trek News for Star Trek Online. Why don't we open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming? Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. And welcome to feedback. And let's see, what do we got here? Still forums. Captain Morans, I really enjoyed the show. Y'all do a great job and the PvP information is very good, but for those who play Fairly, there are also so many PvP players who have hacked the system, and it's obvious that they have, when they can easily kill you in less than two seconds. This happens so much, and is why a lot of people don't play PvP. Well, I, I have to say this, because I'm one of those people that that used to happen to a lot. I used to get killed, I used to get crushed, and I was like, oh my god, these guys have obviously hacked, or found some cheat, or exploit, or whatever, 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 whatever. What I've learned is there are just certain setups within the game, certain equipment that you have, certain builds that you can make that can allow you to do that. It's not necessarily... All right, but it's not, not just that, though. It's, it's about technique, too, because I've seen it yes. in action with the coaches from the pvp boot camp so here's a big plug yes. captain merzan if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of pvp head on over to the pvp boot camp register for one of their classes they will show you how to do that and it's not an exploit it's really just about knowing when to trigger your abilities at that specific and very important moment it is, and it's a lot about your technique and what tools you're using and when and your build versus theirs you know you could have such a good build then it makes a decent build look cheesy. I mean, it's amazing the difference you can see. I mean, and I'm not saying that nobody's hacked, okay? I'm not saying that nobody's cheating or exploiting in some way, but it may only seem that way, okay? So don't kill everybody and give them all the finger just yet, because I used to give them all the finger. Uh, our next piece came from Roach. Roach! I missed you, buddy. I hope you missed me, too. Damn straight my desire burns for a complete KDF, he says. Smoke and flames heats as my desire burns. Seriously, some real <laughs> desire-based burning here. Love the show, as always. Roach, we love you. And it's posts like that that makes my desire burn. Happy Valentine's, buddy. This has been, this is the best Valentine's Day ever. 
Gosh. So much love. Gosh. And our last our last piece on the stove warms comes from Ally of the Force. He says, uh, so what happened to part two of the interview with Al? Or is this thing going to be Thursday? Question mark. All right. Well, for those um, of you listening on Monday, this podcast came out on Monday. The Al interview part two should be out already. So there you go. And over at PriorityOnePodcast.com from Yu Chen, he says, on the subject of expanding KDF content, I hope we see Klingon Civil War soon. From what I see, Martok, and by extension his pro-Federation policies, is still popular among many Klingons who can't be happy about the war with the Federation, especially while the house that is an Alpha Beta Quadrant is burning. On the other hand, the hawkish hardliners in Klingon society can't be happy about providing aid to the Romulans. If pro-Jempok and pro-Martok Klingons were on the brink of conflict before, Season 7 would certainly have sent them over the edge. And I kind of went in my Woo! newscaster voice there. Did you like that? Was that good? That was, and here's why I went was... to the newscaster voice. I just think they, they really do need to call off the war. I mean, seriously. This is my theory. What's happening is it's a build-up. What's happening is one by one we're eliminating the problems that have caused this. Okay, So we all know that Iconians have been pulling the strings from behind the scenes for forever and a day now. And they're causing the Undine and all these people to blow each other up and cause this and grief here and grief there. And that's why we're all at war with each other. Okay, As these mysteries are unfolding, as we play through these missions, these story missions and content missions and featured episodes and the things where we get the bits of the story, I think we're going to get to a build-up, a point where... Now we're already helping the Romulans recover from both sides. We're occasionally joining up to fight the Borg together. And we're finding more and more of this Iconian treachery going on in the background that caused it all and starting to see hints of them appearing. So I think what's going to happen is as we build towards the future, these things are going to unwrap. And at one point, we're all going to join together and say, okay, our real enemy is the Iconians. The war is over. Let's go stomp them out. And I think that's what's I 100% disagree. 150. Really? Man, I would put $50 on that, on the fact that I would. No, no, you're going to put 60. Just. You're going to put $60. 60, on that. 60. I'm sorry, 60, 60. That's right. Why? Because fundamentally, in terms of gameplay, they would need to introduce a faction that is a playable faction that offers a red versus blue fighting, war, PvP match aspect to the game. So <coughs> Iconians are Borg. <laughs> Iconians no, Borg. you can't. You're, they're not going to open up the Borg or the Iconians to be a playable faction. You got to make it for PvP, sensible for PvP for territory control. The war with the Klingons is not going to end, not anytime soon, not at least before PvP is fixed and territory control is introduced. Because who are you going to fight then? So you're saying playable Borg or playable Iconian? That's what you're saying. I think that'd be the way to do it because they're the two ultimate bad guys in that universe. They really are. We need to finish out the Klingon faction. We need to open up the Romulan faction and any of the other big ones we want to put. I mean, always there's going to be some way where anyone can challenge anyone, even if they're on the same side anyway. It's just well, yeah, yeah, of I mean, course. we can yeah, do that yeah, now. Yeah, but right, I'm right. talking about in, in, as far as end game, end story, the way they're going to leave the game like when it's just done. Well, hopefully it won't ever really be done because it's not supposed to be. It's an MMO. But, you know what I'm saying? I think it needs to end with the Iconians or... And see, even the Borg, I can't even really say anymore, because we kind of have them, I don't want to say we have them tamed at this point, but we kind of have a handle on the Borg at this point, whereas the Iconians, we clearly don't. Yeah, but you need to have an ultimate bad guy for content that a player can't play. Like, look at World of Warcraft. You have Horde versus Alliance. It's a clear red versus blue, and so you need a clear red versus blue. The Iconians and the Borg, they're supervillains. They're 
villains that we should never be able to play. I, I mean, there's no way to solve this. We're just spitballing here. But the point of the post is that they're clearly, whether we go with Elijah's view or James' view, there's something wrong with the political story PvP thing they've got going on. It's like a neighborhood argument forever. It's it doesn't work. Yeah, we've been friends with the Klingons before. Come on. Yes. We were we're at gonna... war first. We were, but you know, we got over that. We 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 punched each other in the mouth. We hugged it out. We had a Dominion <laughs> War. Okay, now exactly. we're gonna let a, a little Iconian treachery get in the middle of it. No, no. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We agree to disagree. Okay. Will, will you come back? Will you come back next week, James? No, you know why? Because I'm not gonna fight with Elijah forever. Because he is he's a troublesome neighbor. He's not the ultimate bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Adrienne. Now that was trouble. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we want to give a shout out to all of our uh, latest followers over on Twitter. Ventari, Brave Paul, Evan P. Williams, Grouch Gabe, S-M-U-V-J-Z, The Clutter S-T-O-R-I-S, The Clutter Sto-R-I-S. No. Uh, and of course, and of course, at Cheese of Borg, you rock and coming to us via email, we've got Sean Newboy. Great show, everyone. I really like the segment on the ground PvP. Many thanks to Pug01. Guys, the field note segment has been a great success. And we want to help you. Help me to help you. Help me to help you. Help me to help you. So send us emails to incoming at priority1podcast.com for topics that you want to learn about to play Star Trek Online. So please, incoming at priority1podcast.com. And again, thank you, everyone, for the feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Well, that wraps up episode 115, broadcasted live from truckradio.net. Remember that we are on the air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And we've been getting some amazing feedback, and we play much better to a live audience, as the live audience has found out tonight. So uh, tune in to us live, because we're pretty awesome. We don't always stay on subject, but I guarantee you'll be entertained. Don't forget, Captains! Priority One Network is expanding, and we're in need of two new audio editors to help with the weekly publications of our podcast. If you feel you're the right guy or gal for the job, send us a sample of your work at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We are looking for your suggestions and ideas for Trek It Out, field notes, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online forum on the Priority One website via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and check out the awesome Arc 2 of Alex Calderwood's comic. It is fantastic, amazing art. Uh, the storyline is just keeping you on edge, so be sure to head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and check it out. He is stepping it up, truly. Uh, we're also on Facebook, by the way, in case you guys don't know. So if you feel like hitting your face with a book, head on over to facebook.com slash podcast and say hi or check us out or tell us you hate us or we shouldn't be talking about whatever you don't like or talk more about stuff you do like or, or whatever that, you want to leave us. Or that, or that we're a bad podcast. That Iconians are the ultimate bad guys, not Klingons. Just leave your feedback at Twitter via at StillPriority1, you know. Head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and click the Donate button. Or if you're an Amazon shopper, take a look at our Amazon affiliate store on the sidebar of our website. Support the show while you shop. We've got extensions for Chrome and Firefox. Just tag your browser sessions with our extension and go shopping. That's right. We do not record any of your personal data or information from our web browser extensions. To install those, just head over to uh, PriorityOnePodcast.com and visit our downloads page. And uh, a fraction of your purchase will go back to Priority One Podcast at no additional cost to you. How awesome is that? 
So we would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our executive producer, Elliot Ten, our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer, Lennon Rich, and the composer of our phenomenal theme music, Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsor, SayYouLeadTo.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio Live crew. And of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. interesting how one person can add a whole new like element back into the you know what i mean and like really get the wheels turning on all the subjects and humor and eat time like crazy stop loving yourself so much <laughs> I, know. I totally was and, and not only that but looks so good doing it too i look oh, so yeah. good you can tell i'm good looking by the way i sound you can hear the goatee coming through the connection, can't you? You yeah. can. Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah, you you can. can like. You can feel it through the mic. You can. Feel, you're like, is that? <laughs> that's what's tickling my ear. Is that hair? Is that? <laughs> that's goatee. And then I slowly whisper in your ear. And what did you have while you were on vacation? Oh yeah, I was gonna say I had some amazing dim sum. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that to you at all earlier. I don't know if I mentioned... Did I mention that earlier? Maybe I did. I don't know, but it was so good. Two or three oh, times. Dim sum. That, yeah. How delightful. How delightful. Well, hopefully you're That's going to be your and, unicorn. Um, That's your unicorn, dude. Unicorn. You'll never catch it. Yo, I go to every Chinese restaurant that I go to and I ask, do you have dim sum? <laughs> no, no, no. Not dim sum. No, we here. do, but none for you. <laughs> 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 the guy, uh, yeah, there's a guy in back going, is that Elijah? Don't forget, none for him! Uh, as we all know, the greatest sci-fi villain of all times is... Khan! Uh, we know he's Did the best. Did you just take a poop? Uh, no, that was... Well, you know what, I think I just now found out what uh, William Shatner's uh, acting inspiration was for that scene now. Thank you, James. I, I, now, I now understand more about the craft. That's what I call it, the craft. Sometimes I say, I have to go take a craft. I'll be right back. <laughs> that would have been a much better line than, no, it's not true. You ain't my daddy. That would have been a lot more. Right? <laughs> Less dramatic, but, but probably a little more realistic. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you ain't no father of mine. I know my dad. Hello? Hello. 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 What the hey. hell? We're talking about Hoth and all of a sudden Adrienne comes on? 
She's like, as a matter of fact, I know about the Battle of Hoth. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the aerodynamics of snow speeders. You'll be fascinated. Exactly. All I know is, man, I spent one stinky night inside of an animal, and I'm like, this vacation sucks. <laughs> to talk about her prep for Grand Slam, Adrienne. Zoom. <laughs> I hope you got fleet marks for that explosion. <clears throat> What that are was, you, Troy? Was, you just crashed the ship, didn't you? That was you? the sound of me zooming, <laughs> landing, and then the door opening, and I stepped out and caught. No, you said zoom, oh. crash. You're Troy. No, That's land. it. I'm calling you Troy. Land. You said I crash. That was zoom. <laughs> that wasn't... Putting <laughs> words in my mouth. No. I put sound that effects. Sound effects. Yeah, you put sound uh, effects. This planet sucks. I'm leaving. <laughs>